When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader. the Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. The Kansas City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. From The Athletic, I'm Jeff Schwartz. A Schwartz brother just won the big Super Bowl. Everyone's blaming Kyle Shanahan and the officials. And Pat Mahomes deserves the richest NFL contract ever handed out. It's Tuesday, February 4th, and this is Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You. I am back, everyone, from Miami. Wow. My brother, the Chiefs, Andy Reid, won a Super Bowl in a game that was very close for a very long time, but nothing was it was going to get done. Gabe, the Chiefs are champions. Yeah, Mazel tov, my friend. We were all happy for you. Uh, felt a little me and Zuri, the team who put this together. We felt a part of that victory. It was very cool to watch. Congrats to you and your brother. It was, um, man, it was, it was great. It was like being in the stands with the Chiefs fans. I mean, to see them as happy as they were, it, it was, it was so awesome. Like they did. I mean, fifty years, right? They're diehard fans. They love their team, and it was incredible watching them celebrate. Obviously, I'm so happy for my brother, but for Andy Reid and, and, the, and the way it went down, like 21 fourth quarter points, um, a lot to digest from this weekend. Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff I want to get to. I want to ask this before we dive into our topics. 
normally I've been to a lot of Super Bowl weeks and it's always interesting to see which team brings more fans, you know, and some of that has to do with yeah. the geography. So who who owned the town? Who owned the beach this week? Oh, I think it was definitely the Chiefs. Even in the game, there were a lot of – and I was actually surprised to see that. I thought there would be more Niners uh, fans, but um, there were tons and tons of Chiefs fans. A little, It was a little hard because you know both teams are primarily red, so sometimes it was hard to tell. Right. But I, I around town – I saw Chiefs fans the game, and you know, obviously, I could be a little, um, you know, re, you know, I guess, uh, recency bias, regency bias, whatever it's, whatever. Is it recency bias? What is it when you're sitting like in the stands around Chiefs fans that would make you think there's more Chiefs fans than Niners fans? What do you call that term? Is there a term for that? Uh, I'm not sure there's specifically a term. But for I that. was sitting with Chiefs fans, so maybe it felt louder because I'm in the Chiefs fans. So whenever they cheered. It felt super loud, unlike the Niners fans that were across the field from us. Yeah, like when you go to an EDM concert, you can't imagine how anyone else in the world yeah. wouldn't love Diplo. But, you know, you're surrounded by Diplo fans, so that's Chain kind of... Chainsmokers, the concert on Friday night was fabulous. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Saturday night, thank you for asking, actually. I appreciate that. See, the nights are blurring together, and I know you haven't slept much. We'll get to that in a minute. But let me start here. Normally, the premise of this show, right, is that I kind of sift through the internet. I watch the morning TV shows. I digest the takes that are bouncing around that I think maybe are right, maybe are wrong, and then you kind of unpack them for us and make us a little smarter about football. So typically, that's kind of X and O type stuff, you know, people popping off and saying the wrong thing about how football works today though we're going to start with something that you now can make us smarter on that we don't usually get to talk about super bowl parties so here's what <laughs> here's what the party looks like in my mind jeff and and i know you were out all night on sunday after the game you'll tell oh. us about it but in my mind a super bowl victory party is basically like walking into that scene and almost famous and the quarterback standing on the roof and saying i'm a golden god and diving into a pool of money and champagne and there's beautiful people <sighs> dancing and there's no phones so nobody can have their career ended it's just a giant happy party where everyone is having the best time of their life Make us a little smarter. Is that really what it's like? I actually think it was more fun for everyone but the players. Like, I actually didn't see a lot of players in there. Um, a lot of players I ended up just going to live, like, right from li- right from the game, like, almost to live to go party. Um, obviously, I saw my brother the post game. There weren't, there weren't a lot of players. There was all the the friends and family that were allowed to go to the party were having a great time. Um, I saw some of the wives up there on the stage. with So, Flo Rider was there. And he performed relatively early. I didn't get to the party till maybe midnight. He was basically already done. And um, then everyone was like, kind of, there was another act coming up. We didn't know who it was. And we kept guessing. And then finally Pitbull came on stage and he was on from two to 3 a.m. And there was, it was the best part of the night might've been the, they had funnel cake fries Whoa. that were unreal. Um, you know, a lot of people just, a lot of players were just tired. I mean, my brother didn't stay up the whole night, right? I mean, he went to bed. He's tired. Just won a Super Bowl, just playing a game. A lot of guys um, with you know some some alcoholic beverages. Um, a lot of players with unsmoked cigars. <laughs> they passed out cigars, but you obviously can't smoke them in a hotel. Um, it was it was wild. It was crazy. Um, a long time coming. A lot of the a long time Chiefs personnel, their equipment manager Alan Wright. I mean, just to see like the joy in his face and. All the other staffers that have been there for a long time. Obviously, some of the staff has been with Andy Reid his whole career, and to see them so happy for Andy. And I was hoping Andy would be in the mosh pit dancing to Pitbull, but I couldn't find him. I was disappointed. Uh, last comment, too. The Chiefs, owner Clark Hunt, Brett Veach, GM, and Andy Reid were all wearing the old school Lamar Hunt black jacket with the Chiefs logo on it. It was pretty fly. 
Oh, that does sound nice. So you're saying that some of the players are not. E- I'm like, I'm I'm picturing you know 53 Gronks out there, shirts off, ties around their heads. Everyone's no, drinking all the drinks they didn't get to drink for the last few months. I, I was a little bit surprised with actually the lack of like player madness during the party. I think a lot of them went to live. I, I don't think a lot of them were there. That's why. I mean, I probably only saw. So you're saying there might be ten, some party somewhere ten, that is what I'm imagining. Ten, 10 to 12 players? I didn't see a lot of them. Wow. Okay. Like I saw, like, out of my brother's teammates, even, like, his offensive linemen, I saw I saw one. I saw the offensive line coach. I saw Kelsey for a little bit. Um, there wasn't, wasn't a lot of wasn't a lot of guys. And it was dark. I mean, it was, like, I saw a video of Paul Rudd dancing. I didn't see, like, Paul Rudd. I mean, it was, it was dark in a giant convention room. I did I did dance next to Eric Stone Street for a while, and uh, it was Eric is a, he's a fun dude, man. He's he's he loves his Chiefs. What song got you and Eric Stone Street on the dance floor together? What am I? Pitbull, man. The whole set it was good. I got my my concert rankings. If you want, I went to four. I saw four different performers, including the halftime show. It was Chainsmokers one A, Pitbull one B. Pitbull puts on a show, man. It was great, no doubt. Um, and then um, I like the halftime show. It was hard to hear. Like the speakers and everything, but I thought it was a good show. And then I, Lizzo was okay. I mean, there was I, some of her stuff I didn't terribly like. Um, it's a whole lot of women shaking, though. Oh, it was, it was, it was, it made some, it made some people I was with very uncomfortable. I loved it. It was awesome. She, um, she can sing though. Wow, she can really sing. She sure can. And uh, so you got a little taste of the the VIP life this weekend. Um, we'll come back to that in a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, the thing you know best, <laughs> aside from dance music, is football. And uh, this was a great game. You know, you teased it. There's that 21 points at the end. So um, I'm going to throw a take at you. I, yeah. I want your reaction to this. Let's go a lot of different directions. So here we go. I think, much like the Warriors when they still had Steph on that bargain contract early in his career and then they begin that amazing run, I think the Chiefs are poised to keep a core team together that could become a dynasty, right? So Pat and company, they could repeat next year and they would have a chance to really build a a team that can't be built in the NFL before most of these guys hit 30 and before, frankly, Pat is making nine figures, all right? Brady's fading. Lamar and Deshaun aren't really there yet. They're not on Pat's level yet. This is a rare chance in the NFL if they do a few things right. I think if they keep the joy of this weekend going they and all sort of sacrifice a little, they can make a dynasty like we haven't seen in years. Okay, so a lot of talk about this, by the way, right? Because we know this is the culture we're in where we have a bunch of hot takes. But let, look, obviously I'm a Chiefs fan, but let's step back here for a second and actually think about what we're talking about. In the last, what, since, I'll go since 2001, okay, since the Patriots' first title, there has been one, one dynasty in the NFL, yep. New England Patriots, and they won three in four years, then won, what, three in five years, three in four years again, um, 2014, 16, 17, is that how it went with them? Or somewhere, right? It was, it was they won, obviously, I think it was like 14, 16, 18, right? Whatever. They, two separate times where they had dynasties, and it was 10 years in between those dynasties. In that in that time period, two teams won two Super Bowls, right? The Steelers and the Giants, and um, Peyton Manning won two on two separate teams. Otherwise, there has not even been anything close to a dynasty. And I'm not sure you call the Steelers a dynasty. You would definitely not call the Giants a dynasty, right? So, th- to continue success in the NFL is very very difficult. It's hard because of free agency. It's hard because of injuries and attrition. It's hard for many, many reasons. And 
it's I think premature. I know it's a fun topic, but it's premature to just say all of a sudden the Chiefs are going to do this. And if you look at if you look at by the way, um, you know even just like the Peyton Manning's Colts, for example, Peyton Manning's Colts won. I believe it is here. I, my friend um, Chris Brown at Smart Football. He's a great follow, by the way. Um, you know, from 99 to 2010, the Manning, the Manning Colts averaged nearly 12 wins per season. They appeared in two Super Bowls and won only one. Like, it's very hard to be a dynasty in the final. And think about this season alone for the Chiefs. And this is, by the way, not taking anything away from the Chiefs. Because I think you need some of this, we'll call it luck. I'm not sure it's luck. But you need some of this to a Super Bowl. Think about this. Week 17, entering week 17, they're the three seed and having a home playoff game against the Red Hot Titans. Instead... The Dolphins beat the Patriots for the first time in Green, in in New England since Tom Brady became a start a full time starter, right? Then, so now the Chiefs have have a, have a two seed in a bye week, which increases your chances of winning the Super Bowl by like nearly fifty percent. Okay, then, then the that, that Titans team goes ahead and beats the Patriots. So the Chiefs do not have to play. Who defensively are built to stop? The Chiefs and no one else in the NFL. They're specifically built for the Chiefs. That's why Belichick has so many defensive backs. We're not getting that. That's too much to talk about. Okay. Then they get the Texans who suck, and they get the Titans who beat the Ravens, who would have given the Chiefs a lot of trouble. And everything kind of set up perfectly. Even in this game, right? You're 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 up, you're down 20 to 10 with about seven minutes left. The the Niners have a 96% chance to win this game. And Jimmy G just shits the bed, right? He falls apart. Now, obviously, the, the Chiefs made the plays down the end. Pat made some good throws. Third and third and fifteen, they called that. Called you know, it was I think it was two jet wasp or chip wasp, which is what Andy Reid told Peter King the play was. Um, right, so they they hit some plays, but the Niners, I mean, you know, we're seven minutes away from, and we're like two first downs away from saying, you know, oh, the Niners are dynasty, right? So I think we need to pull back on the dynasty. I know it's fun to talk about after Super Bowl, but let's see what happens. Pat Mahomes is do a big contract. They're going to have to not sign other guys because of that. Um, and let's just see where it goes. I think we can enjoy this Super Bowl, enjoy this run without having to talk about is this dynasty or not. All right, fine. That's fair. And and you barely slept since the game ended. So I, I understand that you're still feeling <laughs> that that vibe. But I do want to say, you mentioned Mahomes in the contract. Let's drill into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I sort of teased it, but now I'll be specific. He's got one year left on his deal, and then there's some sort of an option, right? So right now, he's a tremendous bargain. Soon, he should be paid more than any other player in the league. You know, every year, the best quarterback who's up for a new contract gets paid more than anyone ever has before, and he's worth every single penny. No one would argue that. And I don't touch another man's money. I'm not suggesting that Pat shouldn't get paid as much as he can. But if he does something, and I realize these contracts are structured differently, if he does something like what Steph did and remain a bit of a bargain, it's possible that he can keep more of those great pieces around him and have more longevity and make money in other ways by being unquestionably the best quarterback of, a, of an era. So is there something to consider there? Would he think about figuring a way to struck his, structure his contract to keep more pieces around him instead of taking max money? Well, would he consider it? I, I think he should consider it. Now, whether or not he does it, I mean, it becomes a question of whether the agent's comfortable with this or not. And look, there are guys that I know personally that have taken less money to stay where they're at, to, to not because of you know any reason for team building, but just because they just want to stay where they're at and and um, you know they understand that maybe taking a little bit less keeps them happy. Now, Pat obviously will stay in Kansas City as long as he wants. It doesn't terribly apply to Pat himself, but there are guys that take less money. Um, so the question was how much less, right? 
is he because he's easily going to get 40 million if he wants per year is it 35 million is it 33 million at what point does that become too cheap for pat and then obviously the chiefs have to reinvest that the patriots by the way have done this with tom brady and they really have never really reinvested it in the offense like they thought they would or should and i'm not saying the chiefs will do that but there is some concern that if you take less money you know are you really helping the chiefs also i I, I guess I, I guess what's the number, Gabe? Is it is it is it four million less, seven million? Like like what? How many million less can, can you know would help the Chiefs? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't mean to extend this analogy with the the Warriors too much, but the amount that allows you to get the Andre Iguodala's of your sport, the amount that a couple of years later, when you shift some cap money around and reassess things and maybe pick the right players in the draft, allows you to go get the Kevin Durant of the NFL. So like. You know, I looked up and down this roster. The only guys uh, who I know are critical who have a 30 or a 3 in front of their age are your brother who just hit 30 and Travis Kelsey who just hit 30. So basically everyone else that I see is still yeah. under 30, which means they're still due to get paid at some point. Well, right. I mean, um, correct. So you kind of need a few bucks lying around every offseason to keep those guys happy. You know, obviously you shed a few guys here and there. Maybe maybe you find out that Mikol Hardman can play the position yeah. that Terry Kill's playing. Maybe. I don't know. But that doesn't always happen. Yeah. So, but there are like like Chris Jones, for example. Chris Jones, the defensive tackle, was a monster in this game against yes, he was. the 49ers. And he's due a contract. So do you franchise him? Do you pay him? What do you do? And then you're going to end up having, like, let's say you pay Frank Clark. You're going to then have Frank, you know, I mean, Chris Jones. Frank Clark's going to be paid... Chris Jones is going to be paid. My brother, the right guard, the left tackle, the quarterback, you know, two wide receivers, Travis Kelsey, Teron Matthew, you know, one of their middle linebackers makes a lot of money. I mean, you're just getting up to a lot of big contracts. You're going to have to shed some of those contracts or not sign Chris Jones. And then you're just going to be less talented. Now, you can draft well and you can develop players to fill those roles. But we've seen throughout the years, that's really hard to do. You know, outside of Tom Brady, again, the Patriots are a terrible example to use because they're the outlier. That No one is built like them. No one has done this for as long as they have. And maybe the Chiefs are the new Patriots. Maybe they're, you know, they're the team of the 20s, right? We saw it. We've seen the, you know, the Steelers of the 70s, the, 80s, you know, the Niners of the 80s, the Cowboys of the 90s, right? And maybe this is the new, the new dynasty. But in this salary cap league, when guys are making so much money at quarterbacks, it's been difficult to build your team up in the right way. Guys get older, like you mentioned. Guys get hurt. It's a physical sport. Things don't break your way here and there. Uh, now, should you expect 10 wins minimum every year? Of course you should. Because with Pat Mahomes, anything's possible. But you need everything to fall in place to win a Super Bowl. And if they miss, you know, if they're missing Chris Jones in this playoff run, they're probably not winning the Super Bowl. I mean, it's that simple, right? I mean, he forced a turnover. He made some other big plays. He knocked the ball down. There was a first down. If he's not on your team, you're just a different team. You're not as good. And they can't afford to probably pay all those guys. You have to shed some of those. I mean, Sammy Watkins, for example, people are saying they're going to shed Sammy Watkins. Well, he had a huge catch in both the last two playoff games that helped them win the game at the end. So now you're now you're down a wide receiver. You have to find yourself another Sammy Watkins. McCall Hardman's not that guy. So again, that's kind of my point. There's a couple of players. You see Chris Jones and you see Watkins. And yes, you can replace them. As long as you have Pat Mahomes, you're always going to be in contention, but you're you're probably not going to be as talented if you give Pat forty to forty five million a year. 
Yeah, well, that's what we're getting at. I mean, and I'd love for the guy to make as much money as he possibly can. Um, but if it means something to him to have something like yeah. the run that Tom Brady had for the last two decades, if he'd like the next two decades to be his, he'll have to consider that. And, you know, that's his choice to make. He could win Super Bowls making the most money in history. That That's possible, too. But there's some strategy to this, and he's a part of it. All right, let's move along to some people who are griping. Um, you can't have a Super Bowl without people being upset. So I, I've scored three things that people are annoyed about. I don't know which of these you'll want to dig into. Um, obviously, a lot of people are throwing shade at the, at the refs. If you go on Twitter, and I know you have, there's a lot of people screen grabbing what they think is the oh, moment geez. where some penalty was committed. They've circled it with a little yellow arrow or something, and then they've tweeted it to the world to complain about how they were wrong. I've seen that with... Uh, there was a catch with uh, Kittle. There's some holds that people are imagining. There's plenty of things you can analyze and say the ref screwed up. Then, of course, there's people like my guy Stephen A. who are claiming that Kyle Shanahan blew the game. He ruined the game for the Niners. Forget that he got them there. He blew the game. And then the, the weirdest contingent of people are the people who are upset that Mahomes got the MVP. They think that Damian Williams should have had it. So even on a good day, people find something to complain about. Which of those three are is the most misguided <laughs> take right now? Well, the Pat Mahomes MVP, I mean, dude, he, he was the MVP for the whole playoffs. I mean, I think there's some there's some sort of um, you know award for the whole playoffs. If he had not, by the way, if the Niners had won, the MVP was Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa played. Really? Oh, dude. Nick Bosa was amazing. He had double-digit pressures in this game. He was unreal. He, it, it, he, he, yes. Not, I, not on the right side. Not where old Mitch no, Schwartz was well, holding things yeah, down. Num, Mitch Schwartz, the number, the highest graded player in all the playoffs by Pro, Pro Football Focus. Um, I just hope we don't forget what Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa was fabulous in this game. All right. So, um, you know, the penalty stuff is interesting because the the refs just decided not to call anything, which kind of made the Kel, the Kittle OPI worse because they didn't call anything all game. And then all of a sudden they call like, eh, a questionable OPI in my opinion. I feel like that was just kind of normal guys pushing around each other. And so I'm not quite sure that that should have been called. The one that everyone's complaining about, which was a holding with, um, with uh, Fisher was um, not a holding, by the way, everyone. Okay. I, I, I explain this. I feel very often and people don't understand. Holding is not where your hands are, okay? It's the act of restricting a defender from going in the direction they want to go in forcefully, right? So Bosa beat Eric inside. Fisher then won with his feet. He ran his feet. Bosa never stopped, never turned the corner, not a holding. So I think the holding stuff and the penalties, I, I of course, want to talk about that. And also the halftime show. Grow up, people. You know, I, come on. Like, this is, it's 2020 now. Stop complaining about two seconds of ass shaking on television. Like, it's everywhere. Like, let's stop complaining about it, all right? <laughs> did, you like, did you like the halftime show? Yeah, I did. All right, stop complaining sure. about about that, okay? I see people getting on Twitter opining about the halftime show. Grow up, okay? Some, some of the people, by the way, who complained about the non-football-related things around this game were going to complain about something of, no matter what. Yeah, of course they were. And they're the usual people that complain about something but allow other people to do the same thing. Um, okay, so the one thing about Shanahan. Okay, so... I think it's rightful to question Shanahan to end the first half. So I'm, I'm in the stands. It was a lot of fun. Um, about 3.30 left in the end of the, the second, the first half. The Chiefs call a screen on third down. They don't get it. And then the Niners just let the clock run. Shocking. They get the ball back. They punt the ball. They run the ball twice. After the first run, mind you, the game's 10 to 10. Plenty of time. About, about two minutes left to go down the field and get points. After the first play, no one calls timeouts. 
the second run play, the Chiefs call timeout. So the Niners are forced to throw the ball in third and five. They hit the running back on the back foot against zero pressure. He gets a big gain. Very next play was the Kittle OPI. So in two plays, if they, if they don't call the OPI, you're down inside the 20, but you don't have 13 seconds left. Shanahan said after the game he, he wasn't aggressive because he was afraid to give the ball back to Mahomes. Sure, but that to me is a lack of faith in Jimmy Garoppolo because you just needed one first down to not give the ball back to Mahomes. One first down. It was like you needed to get four of them. You needed one first down, and the clock, you would have you know opportunity to either run, run the clock out or then continue on the drive. And he didn't do it. Played way too conservatively. In my mind, it's a Super Bowl. I hope you learn from this. You got to go for it. You got to go for it. You got to score points. I thought on some of the fourth downs, he was way conservative. I did not think, Gabe, entering this game, that Andy Reid would come out as the more aggressive coach mm. than, than Kyle Shanahan, but Andy was aggressive. Obviously, I think with Pat Mahomes, you feel great about being aggressive. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome um, to have that confidence. And then down the stretch, you know, people complain about play calling. Guys were open. Jimmy G missed them. He missed uh, Kittle, Kittle, I should say Kettle, Kittle on a follow route. Guy was wide open for a first down. Chris Jones knocks the ball down, not Shanahan's fault. Sanders is open on third and 10. Jimmy G overthrew him. So it's not really Shanahan's fault. You want to blame Shanahan, but end of the first half, go ahead. Um, not being aggressive. I feel bad for the guy. He was in the Super Bowl. He had a 99% win, win probably in the fourth quarter and lost. And another Super Bowl, he had 96% in the fourth quarter and lost. That's it's a rough go of it. Yeah, I, I tweeted about that. I, I don't think I know enough about statistics, but I feel like if something's happened two times in roughly 50 attempts, then it can't be called a 99% chance mathematically. Well, like, that, I was get before, it. that was before it ever happened. No one had ever come back from that lead in the Super Bowl ever. Yeah, okay. But I'm just... I think maybe those stats are fun to look at and they make for a great story after, but there isn't enough data to claim there's any percentage chance that something will or won't happen when we've only even looked at about 50 games. If you want to look at all football games ever, all right, fine, I suppose. But in the Super Bowl, things are different, and I just felt like that's just one of those funny things people like to mention. It doesn't really mean very much. Either um, way, you're saying Shanahan is not to blame, and basically Niners fans should come back into next year confident that they're the best team in the NFC. They, like you just said, they're a couple plays away or a few lucky breaks away from being the team we're talking about a dynasty with. They've got young players. They've got yeah. a quarterback. They've got a great coach. Like, they've got all the same stuff. So you would say that, you know, nothing to worry about. Don't like People can get upset and yell about the coach for 24 hours and then get over it. Uh, yes. Um, and this is going to be a hard pill to swallow, I think, for the for – the, um, for the Niners, man, I mean, they were they were right there, guys. I mean, they were, they played the game they wanted to play. They pressured Pat Mahomes. He made mistakes. I saw Eric Mangini getting crushed this morning on on um because he said that that Jimmy G played better than Mahomes for three quarters. He did. Now he didn't play better in the fourth quarter, but Jimmy G was great until until I mean he threw a pick interception, but Pat threw two bad interceptions. He threw a really bad one. I was shocked to see him do that. So um, the Niners had played the game they won. They weren't allowing any deep. Deep passes until the Tyreek Hill play. They were they're going. I don't know what, it was like third and eight. I remember seeing their their defensive backs just backpedaled all the way like ten yards back. And we're we're not going to allow them to get beat deep. Obviously on third and fifteen, they did a great great call by the Chiefs and great adjustment to do that. So it was um it was Niners game to win and they didn't do it. Chiefs made enough. Chiefs made more plays. Yeah, I mean I I remember just time moves differently with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and you can move the ball. You know, in seconds, you can move the ball down the field. Um, 
all playoffs, you realize like there were so many short scoring drives, so many drives where he moved so many yards without a whole lot of plays. Um, so I remember looking up at it like seven and change minutes when it should have been over with a team like the Niners and just going, I don't know, man, seven plus minutes from a Holmes. Like I, I feel like this one's going another direction. And I mean, look, I barely made a prediction, but that's sure enough exactly what happened. I think it you have to coach differently against a guy like that, right? I mean, which is why he needed to be aggressive on fourth down. Yeah. Yeah, you said it. Okay. Well, let's let's sort of stay Mahomes and Chiefs adjacent here, but spin forward to uh the the league next year. So last I checked, the Chiefs were the Super Bowl favorites for next year. Um see previous conversation about dynasty. Um but interestingly, so the and the Niners by the way are sort of the second favorites alongside the Ravens. Um I, I guess, though, if you look at these Vegas odds, people assume that Tom Brady is coming back to New England because there's the Patriots just below them. So I yes. want to know, like, when he's done doing Hulu ads all offseason and teasing us with his, you know, hit tweets, um, is he coming back to New England, part one? And two, keep this in mind, Adam Schefter on Super Bowl Sunday, weirdly enough, I don't know why this was a topic right before the game, but Schefter reports that the Raiders are supposedly making a play for Brady which I will remind you is just what our buddy Dana White uh, teased at that UFC fight, and I brought up on this show, and you I laughed th- at me I, for. I think Dana White basically said that he's coming. I mean, it's a little different then. Okay, well, it's just you know my guy, my my guy Dana White is starting to come up with some really good scoops. All right, that's all I'm saying. Point is, Schefter's reporting it, which makes it a little bit more real. The Raiders are interested in Brady. That wouldn't be out there unless there was some sort of mutual interest or a reason these two people would be talking. So. Does it make you a little bit worried that maybe, maybe Tom Brady ends up in the division and maybe the Chiefs are facing Tom Brady twice a year? No, because again, and this, I'm not going to change my opinion on this. Tom, the, if Tom Brady wants to win Super Bowls uh, moving forward, which I don't know why he wouldn't. He's got then, a lot of them. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's tired of that. Then he is going to, he's going to stay in New England. Not winning anywhere else. If he wants to just go for the money, go for the money. Go to go play for the Raiders. Go play, go do anywhere else. But if you are trying to win a Super Bowl, he's staying in New England. Hundred percent. Did you read into any of that like cryptic photo before the game? Do you think that was all just part of that Hulu ad? Was that just to get well, people it, talking? Well, it, and clear, then... it clearly is now, but yeah. I, I I I didn't know what to think about it before that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I, I actually didn't even comment on it because I wasn't like kind of exactly sure. Um, but uh, yeah, that that I I now obviously was the Hulu ad. I, I don't think Tom's made his mind up at all yet. I think he's gonna need to talk to the Patriots and see what their plans are for free agency. All right, so it doesn't basically what you're saying is if he stays in New England and they keep basically the exact same core together, and maybe they even find a piece or two to add well, on. I mean, offense. they have to they have to bring some pieces in. Okay, so they find a tight end, let's say. Where they find some something on Tom Brady's wish list. It was supposed to be Antonio Brown. That obviously didn't work out. They find some piece. Are the Patriots the scariest team for the Chiefs in a repeat search, or are the Ravens scarier? Patriots. Patriots the, with Brady are scarier. The than Patriots the are are built are built to, um, they're built to play the Chiefs the way their defense is set up. Interesting. And and just yeah. I think you've you've sort of given us this throughout the season, but now that we have a full year to look back on, going ahead, would that still be the case? That if defense it, is is built well, to it, stop it, the Chiefs. The the Patriots have to, um, um, you know, there's some free agents they have to deal with on their own team and figure out that. But 
in general, yeah, I mean, the way they're built with the man coverage and the safeties they can use, yes, they're better situated to play the pay, the Chiefs than anyone else's. All right, so before we go to move the line, our little betting game we like to play at the end of each show, I will just ask you for the first uh, and least informed prediction you can give me for next year. Um, I'll, I'll ask for the championship games, not the whole playoffs and not the Super Bowl champion. Who are we seeing in the AFC and NFC championship games, if you had to guess right now today? I think we're seeing uh, New England and Kansas City next year in the AFC Championship game. In the NFC Championship game, um, let me see here. Um, God, so many NFC is so good. Um, I'm going to go back to the well, what I thought this year. I'm going to go with Dallas. You know what? I'm not. I'm going to go with the Eagles. Eagles against. Let's go Eagles and of other teams in the By the Eagles, way, in case Eagles people Saints. are wondering if we prep this show Eagles in Saints. advance, here's your answer. Eagles Saints. Okay, Eagles Saints. I'll hold you to that, and that's going to be a good segue to some of the things I want to talk about in moving the line. We're going to get to Drew Brees, a pivotal part of that Saints prediction in a minute. First, though, you know, we talked a lot about the Niners in relationship to losing to the Chiefs, but we do like that team. You were praising them most of the year. So how many wins next season for the Niners? Over, under, 11 and a half. I feel it's high. I'd go under. Uh, we've seen a, a big drop in the NFC champion um, from uh, year, you know, year, year over year after Super Bowl. And so I, I go under. Just it's a, it's a high total. It feels like under is. I would you. I would think that that's the that's the route to go in this. Yeah, correction to the mean, right? It it just feels like everything clicked for them this year. They will be a good team next year. They probably make the playoffs, but you can't really expect them to win 12, 13, 14 games every year. All right. Uh, I want to each one of these. I want an answer for Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, and Big Ben starts next season. Point five over under. Give me each one. Oh, each each yeah, Drew player. Brees is he oh, going to Brees is over? Yeah, Brees will play again. So he's coming back and playing. Yeah, Rivers. You're I'd sure say, about that? Because yeah. that seems like the rumor the last few days is maybe yeah. not. Yes. Okay. Um, and then I would say that, um. Rivers under no one will sign him. No one signs Philip Rivers. You don't think don't, somebody gets in, desperate in and wants old, a veteran? Uh, old and mobile quarterback? Like I don't. Ugh. So some random player. I'm not going to throw names around with what I'm about to predict. Some guy tears an ACL, you know, hunting this off season, and all of a sudden they got two months to get ready for the year. Nobody signs Philip Rivers to be their quarterback. I don't think so. Wow. So he just has I mean, to retire? I mean, like, I mean, that's it? I mean, that's the end of Philip Rivers? I mean, maybe, but who's going to sign him? I don't know. Maybe, man, the XFL could be a place. Take, go take Connor Cook's job. <laughs> I just think that I just, I I can't imagine that. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm crazy. I can't imagine it. I don't think it's going to happen. Hey, there's, I think there's a few teams out there. I may or may not root for one of them that would be happy to you, give Philip Rivers a shot. You want immobile Philip Rivers. I'm just to saying, be in the Jets. Uh, not probably not, but I'm. Ask me that a year or two ago, and my answer is a definitive yes. Sam Darnold is fine. Okay, you need to, you need to embrace your USC brethren. Fine. By the way, by the way, little anecdote here. Uh, if you were like me and you were clicking around uh, looking for more content on Super Bowl Sunday, I moved over to ESPN two during the post game show. So I was watching Van Pelt on ESPN. Yeah, he does a great job. He had this 
couple really fabulous moments. Scott is yeah. absolute yeah, best big, at post big, big Red got on there. Big Red got on there by accident. It was awesome. Anyway, Scotty did a great job. Uh, in a break, I moved over to ESPN2 just to see, like, what is there more out there? Could I be watching press conferences? What is there? And they had a um, cornhole tournament going on. I assume it was taped. And it was Daniel Jones against Sam Darnold, each paired with, like, a professional cornhole player. Yeah. Sam Darnold lights out cornhole player reassuring like that that dude has hung out on frat row that i'm sure of i can't i'm not sure if he can read a defense but he absolutely can put a beanbag in a hole it was really um, impressive he um he's yeah it's impressive I mean, he got mono remember oh stop so sick of hearing about that all right the yeah. last quarterback of of the era that we you didn't give me an over under yet on big ben starts next year over under oh he'll be starting week one you think he'll start and stay healthy and, and yeah. be the steelers are back next year yes. we look talking about them in the playoffs um i oh the ravens are gonna be good again i think they're gonna be close i think the steelers will, will be it'll be a wild card division winner next year yeah the defense is really good okay i can't get through a show without mentioning this team better or worse than the browns better I'm selling all my – until Baker Mayfield actually changes and doesn't dress like a hobo and doesn't go into – I'm not buying him. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to skip this next one. We already talked about Tom Brady, and every time I bring up Brady, it, it kills the happy vibe you have coming back from Miami. So I'll spare you. We'll go back to Miami in your mind. Miles walked by Jeff in the rain to a bar stool party this past weekend. Over under two and a half miles in the rain. Okay, so – for those who don't, <laughs> um, I got invited. To the, I mean, everyone was at the Barstool party. They did a rough and rowdy first, and it was at a big tent. Okay, tent was covered. It was fine, um, but um, it was raining, and it did not stop raining the whole time. So we get there with my wife, and we didn't have much to do Friday night. And I was like, "Look, look, to the Barstool party." Um, I have a. I wanted to see someone there that I hadn't met before, and I, I wanted to say hi. And and I was like, "Look, let's just go there." So we show up. Starts raining, and I'm like, you know, all right, let's just go inside and and see. So we we, we get inside, um, and I'm trying to, I'm gonna find exactly how many miles we walked uh, from from there. So then, and it was bad. Dude. It was just crowded. It was packed, and it just wasn't, it wasn't fun. So I'm like, okay, babe, let's go. So we we try to call an Uber, and the, the traffic was just so bad. There were no Ubers willing to get us anywhere. So we're like, look. So anyway, we actually thought we could grab an Uber. So we had, we had run out already to go grab an Uber in the rain. It got soaked. So my wife was like, look, let's just make, let's just go. Like, let's just walk in the rain and see what happens and go find an Uber. So I, and when I say tr tr uh, uh, torrential downpour, I mean torrential downpour. Like, it was really really bad like biblical rain i saw yes. some pictures there's it was there's it was it, it, it oh, flooding. lightning flooding everywhere it was it was really bad okay and yet you leave a perfectly good party no the party was also oh, a was crap also, party it was not it was not the greatest party i had been to all right fair enough so i mean pitbull's so, not there so you're not having yeah, as good so, a time so okay so we ended up walking roughly ha a half mile in a downpour soaking wet we found a parking garage and in the parking garage, we called the Uber. And the Uber came. We then took off our, I took off my shirt and my shoes and socks. I know. My wife took off her pants. Whoa. And we sat in the Uber. The guy was totally chill about it and went home. And everyone got caught in the rain. It wasn't just us. It was, it was everybody. 
and it was um man it was a lot a lot of rain a lot a lot of rain what made the uber driver uh more uncomfortable your exposed feet or your wife wearing no pants i feel like that i don't think he even it was so dark i don't think he even realized that we had well he didn't realize my shirt was off but i don't think he realized her pants were off and then i walked through the hotel the chief's team hotel like 2 a.m with my shirt off because i didn't want to put it back on it was too wet so i went to bed and i'm look i I don't drink i'm not like a you know i'm not a big party guy i went to bed at like two and three and four three straight nights well that's a great segue to my last topic um Hours you will sleep tonight, your first <laughs> night back in your own bed, 12.5 hours. I wish, man. I got to do my radio show tonight, so um, probably about eight as usual. Just eight square? That's it? I'll go to bed about 10.30 and wake up at 6.30. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a normal adult, you know, bedtime and, and wake up. Yeah. All right. Um, well, yeah, you- it was... It was um, it was a long weekend. It was a lot of fun, dude. I'm very, I'm very happy for my brother. I'm proud of him. Um, he he played great. The team. Um, it was a lot of fun to see friends and family that um, I hadn't seen in a while, and also reconnect with some of the, the Chiefs staff and uh, play with. I really liked my time there as well. Uh, but really, dude, the Chiefs fans, man, they, they deserve this. They're great fans. They're passionate, uh, and I'm happy they could get it done for uh, for them. Well, uh, it was cool to live it through you. And, you know, you've been giving us great insight into the Chiefs and, and basically every other team in the league all season long. So this has been a real joy. I'm glad the season ended the way it did. For the listeners of this show, I feel like they knew a lot about this team and, and uh, they got to enjoy yeah. it with you as well. So we're not going away. This show's going to continue on um, in the off season. Uh, the exact cadence and days will keep people updated on Twitter. Don't worry, though. Uh, there's plenty more to talk about in the off season. We got draft. We got oh, we combine. We got a, a million things that you're going to make us smarter on. So, Jeff, I'm still having fun doing this with you, and we'll keep doing more of it. You can sign us off for today. But again, buddy, congrats to you, to the fam, Thank you. to the whole team. Yes, as you can hear my voice taking the brunt of a lot of this as well. It's it's a lot of fun to be in Miami. Uh, my first time in Miami too, so um, weather was fabulous. It was it was a ton of fun. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I'll be back on Thursday. Take care, everyone. My voice will hopefully have improved. My sleep will as well. Hope you guys enjoy the episode, and we'll be back later in the week. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.